Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billet. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Hello, welcome to episode number 67 of the People Powered Business Podcast. Hi there, I'm Christy Lee, your host here on the podcast each and every week. How are you? I hope you're having a great week, fabulous day, and that things are brilliant for you this week. This week on the podcast, as it's coming to you live, we are heading hurtling fast towards the end of the financial year here in Australia, which is, of course, 30th of June, if we have any overseas listeners joining us. And I wanted to bring you a technical update today, which is not the normal format here in the podcast, but there have been some major changes announced that I thought you might need to know about. And I wanted to make sure you were up to date and across those before we head into the new financial year. So as I said, I don't usually love to get technical uh, here on the podcast. However, sometimes when we have changes in our legislation, um, they can kind of go missed or we're not sure if they apply to us. And in fact, I was sharing um, as this announcement happened just recently with um, our members inside Your People Powered Business and also with uh, a couple of my consulting clients about these changes and because of the COVID situation that we've had in the last, you know, 18 months, they kind of assumed that it wasn't going to apply to them this year, that, you know, they've already had enough change and, and that uh, they didn't need to worry about it. But it's not the case. And I thought, well, if that's confusing other people, perhaps this is news to you as well. And if you own a business, if you manage staff, if you're in charge of the payroll, none of you want a back payment or underpayment claim on your hands. And when we have changes, which often occur at the new financial year every year, it it can be a challenge to make sure we're keeping up with our compliance because the structures we put in place when an employee starts with us might meet the compliance standards at that time. When we have award increases and other changes to what we need to pay our staff, we can quickly slip into a dangerous zone of being in underpayment land. And I heard a case just this week of a business who's needing to back pay over a nine-year period. So imagine going back on those files, nine years, upwards of, I think it was several hundred thousand dollars. It might have been around $300,000 in back paid wages because awards had increased and they had not kept up with that increase in their staffing structures. So that's what I want to have a chat to you about today. So firstly, I promise I'll keep it brief. I'll keep it light. I don't want you going to sleep with all the technical updates, but I do want to make sure you're across it and that you are fully compliant in your business. So let's dive into what exactly I am talking about. Now, as I mentioned, each year, 1st of July often spells change. Because of COVID in 2020, it didn't all happen as normal. And so we're all playing a little bit of catch up. But here's what has happened that you need to know about. The Fair Work Commission, which is the legislative body that makes decisions around our industrial relations law, have passed a decision 
relating to the national minimum minimum wage, as well as all of the award minimum rates of pay. So each and every year they conduct this analysis, which is called the annual wage review process, whereby various justices as part of the Fair Work Commission, so these are legal eagles, analyze things, they look at CPI, they look at cost of living, they look at the economy, they look at lots of things. They also get submissions from industry bodies, unions, employer representatives, a whole range of different groups of people get to have their say about what they think should have changed with regards to minimum wages. And ultimately, they come to a conclusion and make a decision. Now, leaving it till mid-June was not ideal for some of us um, when the changes come into effect 1st of July. But what we do know is that from the 1st of July 2021, the national minimum wage will increase by 2.5%. And that same percentage increase is going to apply to all modern awards. However, Not all modern awards will increase on 1st of July. We are again going through a staggered process. So what you may recall from last year is that instead of all increases occurring on the 1st of July, which is how it's always happened since the Fair Work Act came into being in 2009, each and every year on the 1st of July, the minimum wage goes up and all the award minimum rates of pay go up. But last year, because of COVID and because, you know, people, businesses were shut down, people were non-operational. Some industries still are to a large extent. So how can you go increasing wages, right? So last year, what they did was this, they announced the percentage increase and then they staggered the rollout of that. And so some awards increased on the 1st of July, 2020, others the 1st of November, and then some didn't even increase until the 1st of February this year. And this is why people aren't quite ready for another increase yet, because they feel like they've just had one. But this year, again, we're going for a staggered approach, but far less drawn out. You see, the Fair Work Commission really can only change the 1st of July increase date under really extraordinary and exceptional circumstances, like a global pandemic. But because our economy has bounced back so well, and we are so strong in that area, they don't have as much grounds this year for that kind of change. So here's what's happening. 1st of July, 2.5% increase on the minimum wage and a 2.5% increase to almost all modern award minimum rates of pay. There are well over 120 modern awards and about close to 100 of them will change on the 1st of July. So almost all. However, there are a couple of exceptions and this is what I want you to know. If you have employees covered by the General Retail Industry Award, that award will not increase until the 1st of September 2021. And then we have a list of about 20-ish other modern awards, and those awards will not increase until the 1st of November. Now, these awards cover employers and employees hardest hit by the pandemic. You can probably guess what I'm talking about. I'm talking about aviation. I'm talking about pilots, cabin crew, airline operators, ground staff. Anyone in that airline space that's covered by an award, those awards aren't increasing until the 1st of November, which really, to be honest, isn't all that long away considering it feels like we're a million miles off getting close to the pattern of travel we were in pre-COVID, so that's still very interesting. Also, there's some other awards that have been impacted heavily by COVID, Alpine Resorts, for example, Um, people in the racing industry, sporting organisations, 
uh, traveling shows. I mean, you know, live events have certainly been impacted really, really heavily. Those industries covered by these awards, and there's a, there's a list of about 20. And what I'll do in today's show notes, I'll put a link to the page on the Fair Work website where you can get that full list. But broadly, if you're in those industries, including hair and beauty, fitness, hospitality, um, as I said, racing, sports, and of course, airlines, um, then your award will not increase until 1st of November, but they will all increase by 2.5% on the relevant day. So what does that actually mean for you? If you employ staff who are on the national minimum wage, which is not many of you, but some of you possibly, or if you employ award-covered staff who are being paid award rates, you're going to need to check your rates to make sure that you increase by the right amount on the right date. In addition to that, If you employ staff and you have agreements in place with them, often called individual flexibility agreements or IFAs or annualized wage agreements, AWAs, these are agreements that you usually put in place that basically say you pay a higher rate of pay and that absorbs all of these award conditions like penalty rates and leave loading. You'll know if you've got them in place because they're complicated. If you've got them in place, you should also be reviewing them at this time to make sure your employees are not failing the better off overall test, which is the test Fair Work uses to make sure that those agreements are above board and compliant. And in my opinion, this is where you've got the biggest risk of underpayment. If you're paying award rates and you're paying all the right penalties and all the right loadings and all the overtimes and all of that, as long as you keep up with the award rates, you're fine. But when you have an annualized salary that includes all those things in it, at the time you do those calculations, you might be fine and pass the better off overall test. But as award rates increase, are you still passing the better off overall test? Because if you're not, you are at risk of underpayment claims. Underpayment claims are really, really hard work to deal with. They often result out of someone making a complaint to the commission. An investigation happens. They audit your files and your systems. They look at what's been paid versus what should have been paid. You will be ordered to make back payment. You can also be fined. Um, And in fact, some states are looking at actually criminalizing underpayments. So that's a whole other issue. It's not only a process you don't want to go through, it's a cost you don't want to wear and just one thing that you, of course, want to avoid if you can. So if you do have those agreements in place where you're paying kind of loaded rates, check them. Make sure that this increase has not dropped you below. It is, in fact, really easy to drop below the better off overall test when you're working with loaded rates. Sometimes it's only one extra hour of overtime a week that is going to you know, bring you unstuck. So if that's you, if you've got those agreements in place, I really urge you to take a look at those at this time. So to recap this particular decision that's just come down from the commission that takes effect from 1st of July, the national minimum wage increases by 2.5% and most award minimum rates of pay will also increase by 2.5% on the 1st of July, with the exception of those awards I've mentioned, which will increase either on the 1st of September or the 1st of November, but everyone's going up by 2.5%. So not an insignificant uh, increase. I think in many people's minds, they might think, oh, that's a little steep given the times we're operating in. But, you know, the commission have made it really clear that they considered a range of factors in making this decision, include our strong economic recovery from COVID, um, as well as a number of other things. So they feel that this is fair and it is actually less than what some employee bodies had requested. 
So that is one change that's happening 1st of July. This, of course, coincides with something we've probably spoken about here on the podcast before, which is the compulsory superannuation increase. So yes, your wages are going up by 2.5% and also your superannuation is going up from 95 to 10% on the 1st of July. So it's a bit of a double whammy, but with the super increases, you're going to have to get used to them because they're happening each and every year until we get to the magic 12% mark. So that's where we're at with that. So both are increasing on the 1st of July. Now, this is going to add a cost to your payroll. One of the questions I have been asked is, if I'm paying my employees above award wages, do I need to increase them by 2.5%? And the short answer is no, provided you are meeting that better off overall test and you're not trying to load in things that no longer fit. But if you're just paying a higher rate of pay than the award and you're still paying all the other award conditions like loadings and overtime, then no, you don't need to increase by 2.5%. So you can you can have a little sigh of relief there, but you will still need to increase the super. Now, an interesting point, an interesting question I've been getting around the super increase is, can I absorb it in? So if I usually pay my employee, uh, let's say 60,000 plus super, which would be something like 67 inclusive of super, can I just pay them less to where that super increase and... For the majority of you, the answer is no. Some of you will have contracts in place that refer to an annualized package that is inclusive of super. And if that's how your contracts are legally worded, then legally, yes, you can. However, I question the moral and ethical nature of that because your employee, if that's what you're going to do, your employee is suddenly being paid less to do the same job. They're not going to be happy. You're going to have engagement issues. And from a personal perspective, I just don't think it's the right thing to do. Um, But it is legally possible if your contracts are written in that way. However, research has shown us in the last few weeks that the majority of mid to high tier size firms that have those kind of contracts are not going to do that. They will add onto the total package by the 0.5% super increase. And that's setting the right message, I think. Uh, They're doing the right thing in that capacity. So is it possible if your contracts are legally worded that way? Yes. Should you do it? In my opinion, no. I don't think it's the best move in terms of keeping the best people in your business and looking after them adequately. So I promise to keep it brief today because technical updates I know are not necessarily the most fun topic. However, it is important and I wanted to make sure that you had the information to make sure your business is compliant, you're not at risk um, and you've got everything covered and above board because I don't want to hear any more stories about underpayment claims being put through the commission. It's just a thing you do not need to have to worry about provided you have everything in place. Now, I have an invitation for you before I go today, and that is if you would like to connect with other business owners, leaders, or managers who are all discussing things like this here inside our free Facebook group, I would love for you to join us. Our Facebook group is called HR Support for Australian Businesses. If you search that in the groups, you'll find it, but I'll also put a link in today's show notes as well, which you can, of course, find over at peoplepoweredbusiness.com, episode 67. Uh, is the episode number for today. We would love to have you over in the Facebook group. In fact, in that Facebook group, things like this, the latest updates, 
I jump straight in and let everyone know what's happening. So you can be right at the front of all the latest information, uh, opportunity to ask questions, and really just connect with other business owners, leaders, and managers who all are experiencing similar successes and challenges when it comes to their team. It's a super fun group. We do not take ourselves too seriously, uh, but I am in there providing regular uh, training each week, uh, totally free. Um, So I'd love for you to join us there inside HR support for Australian businesses. All right, that is it for me for this week. I hope that technical update has been useful for you. 1st of July is creeping up on us, so make sure you've got it in place by then. Thanks so much for joining me here on the podcast. I hope you have a fabulous week and I can't wait to chat to you again next week. Take care. 